Ciao. 
Well, good morning, Springbrook. Welcome to the house of the Lord for worship. We are so delighted that you are with us. Whether this is your first time with us or you have been here for as long as the church has been here, we are so glad to be able to spend this time with you this morning. If you are worshiping with us online, we want to say a special welcome to you as well. Thank you for joining us this morning. I want to remind you we have online hosts available all throughout the service who would love to answer any questions you have about the Bible, about Springbrook, about what we represent and believe in here. And they'd also love to spend time in prayer with you. So if you have praises that they can lift up and celebrate with you, or if you have prayer requests, things that are weighing heavily on your heart today, I encourage you to participate in that. There's a little button that says request prayer, and our prayer hosts will be honored to spend that time in prayer with you. Well, today we continue the journey together through the season of Advent. And if you were not with us last week, the word Advent means arrival. It's this season of waiting for the coming of the King as we move toward Christmas. Season, this is a season of waiting, longing, and sweet anticipation for the promises of God to be fulfilled. We recall to mind that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came once comes now and is coming again. So today, later in the service, we will light the Bethlehem candle. Though Bethlehem seemed small and, in, and insignificant to the world around it, it was there that the Lord Jesus made his earthly arrival. So for our call to worship today, we're going to read from the word of God spoken through the prophet Micah. Please stand as you are able for our call to worship today. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Let's lift our voices together this morning, singing praises to Christ Jesus, who is our peace, our joy, our light, and our hope. Let's lift this up together. Joy to the world. Jersey. 
Amen. You can be seated. Uh, if you're watching with us online this morning, it's an opportunity for us today to come together to celebrate communion together. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are at home and you have a meal around you, Jesus was eating supper with the disciples when he lifted up that bread and he lifted up that cup. And so if you're sitting there with breakfast, you can make that your communion meal this morning. If you don't have any elements in front of you, you can get some bread and something to drink. Uh, But if you're here with us in person this morning as well, this is an opportunity for us to celebrate the hope that we have in Christ. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but the world is fallen and broken. There's a lot of brokenness in this world, but when we come together in this way, this is a safe place. This is a place for us to be together, to celebrate and encourage one another, to celebrate who we are in Christ in spite of everything that's happening in the world. In 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. He's talking about being a good soldier in Christ, working out and living out your faith. In verse 10 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says this, I am enduring everything that God has given me for the sake of the fellow believers. He says that I'm, I'm working out our salvation and I want you to work out your salvation as well, that we all might obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And then in verse 11, he says this, this saying is trustworthy for these reasons. If we have died with him, we are also going to live with him. If we endure, we are going to reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we endure, we will reign with him. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. You know, there are times when we're going through things and we wonder where God is in our circumstances. And we are to remain faithful. Sometimes we, we lack faith and that's okay too because as long as we have faith as, as small as a mustard seed, God can work with that. And so in our, even in our unfaithfulness, God can remain to be faithful and drawing us closer to himself and giving us strength. God is faithful. There's nothing about us as we stand before God that he is, is righteous in our own strength. All have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. We're all messed up, but through Christ, we're made whole and God sees us from a new perspective. As we come together to celebrate communion this morning, it's an opportunity for us to remember and to give thanks for his call in our life, for that hope that we do have in Christ. It's an opportunity for us to encourage one another. It's an opportunity for us to reflect and to remember and to celebrate. And so during this next song, I want to encourage you to reflect on the words. And then as the Lord leads you, we want to invite you to come forward. You can uh, take the elements back to your seat and participate in communion. And then when we're all done, we're going to partake of the uh, bread together uh, at the end. And you can take it as the Lord leads you when you get back to your seat as well. But let's pray as we prepare to take communion. I know that on that last night, Jesus was eating supper with those disciples and he lifted that bread and he said, this, this bread is reflective of my body, what's going to be broken for you. Whenever you eat it, do this in remembrance of me. And he lifted that cup and he said, this cup is reflective of my blood. That's going to be shed for you. It's going to be spilled for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And Father, as we approach this uh, holiday season, God, I pray that you would prepare in our hearts rooms for you in our lives. God, we just want to set this time aside to celebrate, to give thanks. God, thank you for the birth of your son, that we can celebrate that in this way. Thank you for the work you're doing in and through us together. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Yeah. 
for Jesus. We thank you for God with us, Emmanuel, who came, who was slain for our pardon, who conquered the grave and made a way for us to stand before you. In spite of all of our brokenness, in spite of the times when we have been faithless, in spite of the mistakes we made even this week, Christ's body broken and his blood poured out, that cross and the empty grave have made a way for us to be good 
and holy and pleasing in your sight. We can't possibly thank you enough. We can't possibly say enough words, sing enough songs, do enough good for you to adequately thank you for Jesus. And so I just pray this morning, Father, over each heart in this room, whether they've known you for a long time, whether they feel like they have been distanced from you recently, or whether they've never known what relationship with you is like. Holy Spirit, will you impress on each heart that Christ came for them. Christ came for you. Jesus, we thank you that you were broken in our place. We thank you for covering all of our darkness and our mistakes and bringing us into perfect, holy communion with you. We thank you for this Advent season as we stand in this space between the work that you have already done and the fullness of your kingdom that is still coming. Teach us to wait. Teach us to wait with patience and hope in anticipation for the promises of God to be fulfilled. Father, you have been faithful. You have always been faithful. You will fulfill your promises. Father, we love you and we need you. We rely on you to take our next breath for the next beat of our hearts. And so we need you. We call on you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes today to open our ears so that we might hear and our hearts to be tender and receptive and humble before you to receive what you have for us in your word today. You have healing, redemptive, transforming work to do today. May we be wide awake to the ways you are moving in us and through us today. Father, we love you. All of this is for your glory. It's by the power of your spirit in us, in the name of Christ Jesus, our King, that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. It is, uh, it is almost unfair how fast we move from holiday to holiday, isn't it? We've got Thanksgiving behind us. We're right on Christmas, and, and we are so much to be thankful for as well. If you're with us for the first time this morning, we want to extend a special welcome to you. If you're watching with us online, 
Uh, this place to fill out that online connection card. If you're here with us in person, there's a connection card in your chair. And I would really encourage you at some point during the service to, uh, to fill that out. Uh, you can put your first and last name on there or the names of anybody that's with you. If you have any questions or if we can pray for you in any way, uh, please uh, be sure to uh, let us know. I want to take just another moment to, uh, to just to spend some time to thank you for supporting uh, our ministry. I know that um, we had, uh, just in the last week, we, we had 60 Thanksgiving baskets uh, that we were able to, to give to families in need in our community and our church. We had over 50 shoe boxes that were collected that we sent off to Samaritan's Purse. And we had 65 angels and stars for gifts for kids uh, as we move into the holiday season that have been taken off the trees out in the lobby. I think there might be one or two more uh, stars left. But I would just want to thank you for, uh, for your support for what God's doing in and through our ministry. And I also want to thank you for those that have had an opportunity to contribute to our year-end offering. We are right now almost 25% of our goal. Our year-end offering is going to enable us to be in a strong position as we move into the new year. Um, we're going to be investing in our staff and our facilities. Um, we're going to be investing in uh, church planting, both locally and uh, domestically here in the U.S. And uh, last two months, couple months ago, we had Jesse Padilla came and gave us an update on his church plant. And we have an opportunity to be a part of what God's doing in and through our local region. And then we're also very active with planting churches globally. And we're making a significant investment in church planting globally. Right now, the Timothy Initiative, the, our partner organization that we're working with, has mapped out 23 countries where they've identified places that do not yet have a church and there are no Christians. They're mapping out the globe. That's their goal. And just the last year, they have planted, just this year, they have planted almost 17,000 new churches. They've seen almost 170,000 people give their lives to Christ and get connected to the local church. And they've been able to minister to over 12,000 orphans and widows. And they've mapped out 38,000 villages in some key areas of the globe that are in desperate need of hearing about the good news about Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage you to continue to pray with me that God would continue to provide for our ministry, that he would go before us preparing the hearts and minds of people for the good news about Jesus Christ in our community, in our world, and in our nation. And so we're just excited for the opportunity to be a part of what he's doing uh, in that way. As we move through this uh, Advent season, you know, we're going to be moving through the next few weeks all the way through Christmas Eve. We're going to be in a series called The Light of the World. And we're going to be in John chapter 1, and we're only going to be looking at the first 18 verses because those first 18 verses are just packed with everything that we need to know to celebrate the Christmas holiday rightly. It's exciting about what God's doing, and we're looking forward to what he's going to do in and through us as we move through this series. If you brought a Bible with me, you can turn with me to the book of John. We're in chapter 1. If you're watching online, uh, there's a place, there's a tab down at the bottom where you can click and you can open up an online Bible. But let's just read, beginning in the book of John, chapter 1, just at those first five verses this morning. John writes this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. You know, the entire Bible is important. 
Everything that we need to know is in Scripture. In fact, Jesus says the entire Bible can be summed up with these two commands, love God and love others. The entire Bible is important. But in just these five verses that we're going to be looking at this morning are the foundation passages for our faith. Everything about Christianity is hinged on these first five passages of John. In Genesis chapter 1, it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. God is our creator. He has a plan. And from the beginning of time, he has had a plan. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens and the earth are the work of your hands. From the beginning of time, God has had a plan. And in verse 1 of John chapter 1, it says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. From the beginning of time, God had a plan reflected in the, in the birth of his son. In the beginning, before creation, Christ existed. In verse 14 that we're going to look at a little bit later in our series, we see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. From the beginning of time, God had a plan. And from the beginning of time, the Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh. And so we're celebrating that this holiday season. The Word became flesh, and we know that as the baby Jesus in the manger. The Word became flesh. And that is the, Christ, that is the Christmas story that Jesus existed before the creation of the earth. And we're going to see in just a little moment that all things were created by him, for him, and through him, and in him. And so he's also our creator. He existed before the beginning. He was with God. He was God. And the word became flesh. That's what Christmas holiday is all about. And sometimes we just get lost in all the hubbub about what the main message is and where our hope lies. I love Christmas season and I love holidays. You know, I just, uh, growing up as a child, holidays were just some of the things I just embraced. There was all kinds of things that I got excited about. When I was a kid, I, one of my favorite movies was Walt Disney's Dumbo. Has anybody seen Dumbo? Yeah, you see the Dumbo was born, a little baby comes down, stork drops him off. As a child, this is some of the stuff I'm going to share with you. It's kind of weird because like, really? I thought that babies were delivered by a stork. I mean, I honestly thought that a stork brought babies. I mean, it's something that I grew up thinking, well, the stork brought them. And that's what my mom will talk about it later. And so I grew up thinking that, you know, the stork brought babies. And I don't know at what point, I mean, I'm old enough to remember having these conversations. Well, I thought the stork brought babies, you know? It's like, no, we'll talk about it later. And then what happened was, as I got a little bit older, we had a friend in the family. And um, unfortunately, she got pregnant and she had to get married. And so I can remember my parents talking about, oh, yeah, um, you know, Susie, Susie got pregnant, so she had to get married. So I went from, okay, well, there's no stork. Maybe, maybe a woman just gets pregnant, and that's, that's what triggers marriage. And so marriage is all, happens when a woman gets pregnant. And so now keep in mind, I'm, I'm old enough to remember this story. So I'm old enough to know better at this point. But in my thinking, this is just the way it went. I struggled with the Easter bunny, but I thought the Easter bunny was real. I mean, it's like I woke up in the morning, there was eggs everywhere. We had those Easter bunny, Easter bunny. I was a little creeped out about the Easter bunny. The Easter bunny kind of scared me. I saw some pretty scary Easter bunnies. And the tooth fairy thing, oh, the thought of somebody coming into my house and getting underneath my pillow while I'm sleeping, that did not sit with me when I was a kid. I mean, seriously, it's scary. 
And as a kid growing up believing these things, I was the last one in my school. I was the one that was always getting picked on because I was always defending Santa. Well, it's your parents. I mean, I was always in an argument defending these things. And then we get to Santa Claus. And I was working with Santa Claus. I mean, that was working for me. And I, then I remember watching The Wonder of Life. It was Chris Kringle. Is his name Chris Kringle? Is it Santa Claus? I was like, who is this guy? And as I grew up, I came to understand that these things were fables. They were fairy tales. And I'm not going to tell you how to parent. And I hope, you know, sometimes people, whatever you do at church, don't talk about Santa Claus. So I'm not going to tell anybody how to raise their kids. But I'm telling you, as a child, I grew up confused about what the heck to believe. And then I got older and I found out Christmas really wasn't about Santa Claus. It was really about this person named Jesus. There was a baby in the manger. I thought, okay, well, I can work with that. You know, Christmas is not about Santa. It's about, we should be, it's not a holiday that we, that he shares with Jesus. Jesus is the focal point of what we're doing and why we're together. And as I was growing up and I started to embrace this idea, it's like, okay, well, I'll work with, okay, I work with the baby Jesus and I started attending church. But then it's like, well, what church are you going to go to? I mean, you know how many different beliefs there are about who Jesus is? I mean, so just to be able to find a church that says, hey, let's open up the Bible and talk about what Jesus is, that's a rare thing. Not everybody is, is blessed to be able to have a Bible that's blessed to be a part of a local body of Christ where God's word is important. And there's a lot of confusion out there about Jesus. How did, does anybody know that besides me? There's a lot of confusion out there about who Jesus is. There's different churches. There's different beliefs. beliefs there's different religions. And I was confused until I came to understand who Jesus was. Jesus came into the world in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's verse 5 that we just got through reading. Jesus is the light of the world. He rescues us from our darkness. He rescues us from our sin. Verse 4 and 5 are an encouragement to us that the darkness will not overcome it. If we have a relationship with Christ, we are secure in who we are in Christ. And that is ultimately where our hope lies. There's only one other place in Scripture that John uses this has overcome it. He uses that same word in uh, John chapter 12 and verse 35, uh, where, he says, uh, where he says this. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtakes you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. John is writing us to encourage us that, that the darkness cannot overpower the light. The hope that we have in Christ is that there's nothing that can overpower him. There's nothing that can defeat him. The victory has been won and our security rests in who we are in Christ. The darkness can't gain control over the light. The darkness can't catch or overtake the light. In other words, there is unconditional safety in the light, and we will be triumphant. The light is going to be victorious. You know, this morning it was interesting. I get, get up early, and you know, I was getting ready to go, and I was coming down the stairs, and uh, the stairs were a little slippery. And so I was like, oh, I was trying to hold on to the handle. So I got my cell phone out, and I, I turned on my little light on my camera. That's a great invention, isn't it? And you know what happened? That, that whole staircase that became dark and dangerous and slippery got illuminated. 
And the light just kind of took over the staircase. And all of a sudden there was safety and, and I could see where I was going. The light overcame the darkness. Have you ever noticed that no one ever says, hey, turn on the darkness? <laughs> you can't turn on the darkness. You can turn on the light. Darkness is present and the light overcomes it. The darkness cannot overpower the light. The light is strong. We were in Alaska on a missions trip and it was light up there the whole time. And so they had these dark curtains up on the windows to block out the sunlight. And you know what happened? It it didn't work. Dark curtains don't work. There's always a crack in one of those curtains. I mean, the light always finds a way to come in. And so then I I get these little things and I put them over my eyes. So I, but the light's coming in through the cracks and I'm squinting. I'm like, man, I just can't get out of the light. That's what the light is. It overpowers the darkness and the light will always be victorious. But why does it work that way? Why is it that way? How come darkness can't overcome the light? If, 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 things are, if, if Christ is good and the light is in us, how come the darkness can't overpower the light? It can't, but why? And how can we know that the light that we have in us will always be victorious? How, how can we know that it will always win? This morning, we want to look at three reasons why the light will always win over the darkness. We're going to look at those three reasons in just a moment, but I want to talk for just a second about this conflict between the light and the darkness from verse 5. You know, verse 5, Jesus said that he was the light of the world. Verse 5 says that Jesus is the light of the world and he has entered into darkness. You know, the world has fallen and broken. And that baby in the manger, that manger was stinky. It was dirty. He, that's not where I would have wanted to be born. I would have been looking for a Holiday Inn or a hotel or a Hilton or something. No, let's be born someplace nice. Jesus entered into the brokenness and the darkness of this world. He was born into a world of unbelief, of death, of brokenness, of unfaithfulness. And that is the world that we live into today. That's the world that we live in. It's a world of brokenness and evil and death, and and we're surrounded by that. And Jesus was born into that. And as sad as it is, we are actually drawn to the darkness. We are drawn to the darkness. You know what's interesting? Right after John 3.16, where it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the hope that we have. Right after that verse, in verse 19, it says this, and this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people have loved the darkness. People have loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For some reason, we are drawn to the darkness. I mean, it's because of our own sinful nature. We, we run, we, we hide things from people. We, there's things that we don't want other people to know. There's things that we say. There's, there's things that we do. There's behaviors in our life and we run towards the darkness. That's our nature. You know, there's, uh, there's a true sense that, you know, I, I always like to believe that there's good in everybody. I just think that there's good in everybody. But the bottom line is, is that there's also evil in, in, in everyone as well. We run towards the darkness given our own strength. That's just by nature who we are. But you know what? That darkness, that darkness cannot overcome Jesus. The darkness is not going to overcome Jesus. The darkness is not going to overcome the light. And that is such good news for those that believe in Jesus Christ. Because of who we are in Christ, because of our faith, the darkness cannot overcome us. 
In John chapter 12, back in John chapter 12 and verse 46, Jesus says this, I have come into the world as the light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. It's through our faith and through our belief in him that we have the assurance that the darkness will not overpower us. And so I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what temptations you're facing. I don't know what the circumstances are in your life. But I do know this, that because of who we are in Christ, the darkness cannot overcome you. And that's the security that we have in Christ. And that's the result of what we're celebrating as we move into this holiday season. That there's a God that loves us and has a plan for us and sent his son to us so that we can also be saved, but also so that we can live and walk in the light today. God's got something for us today. We're not just sitting around waiting for heaven. We celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ because of what it means for us today. And I will stake my life on the truth. In fact, I have staked my life on the truth of John 1, 5. The light will always shine in the darkness. Jesus shines. The gospel shines. The good news shines shines, and the darkness will not overcome it. And so how can we be sure? How can we be sure that the darkness is not going to overcome us? How can we be sure that the darkness will not overcome the light? There's three reasons. The first one is this. The light, the light that we're talking about is God. God is the light, and nobody's going to overcome that. We're not just talking about the sun. We're not just talking about a flashlight in the hall. We're not just talking about the, our ability to be a, a good person and trusting. God is God, is God Almighty. And there is nothing that can overcome him because of who he is. Verse 1 said this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. The Word was God, and the Word was with God. You know, these are two different people. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. He was with God and was God. One God existing as two different persons. The God and the Father and the Son have such a unity that they are one and the same. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. They are one. Two distinct persons, but one God. In Philippians chapter 2, uh, Jesus says that, talking about himself, he says, it says he emptied himself, that although he was fully God, he became flesh so that we could have a relationship with him and understand him better. He emptied himself voluntarily, becoming human, fully God, and also fully human. It's one of the great mysteries of Scripture, is the two natures of Christ. He is both fully God, and he is fully human. It's also one of the great mysteries of Scripture that there's one God existing as three people. We know that the Word was with God, and we know the Word was God. And so it's the great mystery. is the, It's a holy mystery, but it's a reality that they're both, they're both God, and there's one God. And then we've also got the Holy Spirit you know, existing as God as well. The Holy Spirit is a reality. You know, it's in the Holy Spirit that we find in in Genesis chapter 1. We see God created the heavens and the earth, but we see the Spirit of God hovering over the water. And so the Spirit of God is also God, is the third person of the Trinity. It's a holy mystery. In John chapter 14, when Jesus, right right before he would die, he said, look, don't worry, because when I leave, I'm going to send you a counselor. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a comforter. And the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit. 
The Trinity is a great mystery. The two natures of Christ are a great mystery. You know, if it was me and I was writing a book, I think I would have come up with something a little bit easier to understand. But the reality is, is this is what we have in Scripture. Jesus is God. And as a result of that, the darkness can't overcome him. And because of that, he's got all authority over heaven and earth. He's got all authority as God. All authority rests on Christ. In fact, we have the Great Commission. It's the foundation for our ministry at Springbrook. You guys know it? Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey, and I will be with you till the end of the age. We have the Great Commission, but right before that, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, while you're going, make disciples. The light has all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus is God. And uh, that reality gives us the assurance that darkness can't overcome that. Darkness can't overcome the reality of who Christ is. And when Christ is in us, the darkness can't overcome that either. And so we have to rely on the Holy Spirit working in us to enable us to do the things that God wants us to do. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We have power in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And as a result of that, the darkness can't overcome us. And so we can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We can stand firm against the temptations that we face. We can stand firm against the darkness that we're attracted to only because of who Christ is and because Christ is in us. And that is great news, isn't it? That is great news. And so as we come together, you know, to celebrate Christmas, it's an opportunity for us to remember who we belong to and what this holiday is all about. Jesus is God. And as a result, he's got the authority and the darkness can't overcome him. The light will always overcome the darkness because the light is God. The light will always overcome the darkness as well because the light is the creator. The light is the creator. He has created all things. Darkness isn't going to pull its eyes over on the light. Everything has been created, you know, because of the light. You know, that's a reality because, because it's God and because he's the creator. He's created all things. I was eating a, uh, a protein bar the other day. I'm trying not to wait to the beginning of the year, you know. Like, okay. So I'm looking at the protein bar. And I'm like, I wonder what's in this thing. And so what did I do? I want to know what's in a protein bar. What would you do if you wanted to know what was in a protein bar? It's pretty simple, right? Turn it over. I flipped it over and I looked at the ingredients. It's like, oh, that's what's in it. If I want to know what's in something, I have to look to the person that made it. And in that case, I had the protein bar. I had the directions and I wanted to find out what was in it. You know, verse three says this, all things were made through him and without him was not anything that was made. Nothing that was made was not made that he didn't make it. He is the creator. Jesus is our creator. The father has the plan. The Jesus puts it into place and the Holy Spirit makes it happen. But Jesus Christ is our creator. All things were created by him, for him, through him. Colossians 1.16. You know, in him, in Christ, all things were created. They were created by him. They were created for him. And they were created through him. All things were created by Christ. And he is our creator. And he is the light. And darkness is not going to overcome something that created it. You know, as the creator, darkness submits itself to the light. The light overcomes the darkness. The darkness in no way can overcome the light because of that authority. Because he is God, he has that authority, and because he is the creator. Being in Matthew uh, 
chapter 8 and verse 29, Jesus is uh, beginning his ministry and uh, he's casting out some demons. And so some two men come to him, they're demon possessed. And uh, when, he, when he shows up, the two demons say to him, they say this, what do you want with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us? In a sense that they understand that they're submitted to Christ. Christ drove out the demons. He drives the darkness out of our lives. Christ has the authority and Christ as our creator has the control and knows how to control the darkness. And as a result of that, the darkness will not overcome. You know, evil exists. Bad things happen. But God is in control. God is in control. And we, have to, and we have to work with that reality, and we can choose that reality, but we need to remind ourselves that God is in control of all our circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, God is sovereign over it. God is never looking down going, wow, I did not know that was going to happen. God is sovereign. God knows everything that's going to happen, and he is in control. You know, if I fall, I break my leg, what do I do? I don't just sit there and moan. It's like, oh, my leg's broken. I call an ambulance. And then somebody shows up at my door and they come to pick me up and then they take me to the hospital. You know, it, it would be, it'd be foolish if my leg was broken if I called the ambulance and the ambulance guy showed up and I was like, you know, I'm not really sure I want to go with you. You know, what are your qualifications? And all of a sudden it's like, look, dude, get in the ambulance. Your leg's broken. I'm going to take you to the hospital. You'd be surprised how many people argue about that. It's, it's, it's kind of funny, really. And so in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, there's a way out. It's Jesus Christ. And we just need to get in the ambulance. You know, someone's banging on your door in the middle of the night. Boom, boom, let me in. It's like, ooh, this is scary. Should I open the door? I don't know. I'm going to open the door. What do you do when somebody's banging on your door at 2 o'clock in the morning? You don't know. You what? You, you call the police. And the police come and take care of it. Praise God for our police. Praise God for our first responders. Our first responders, we have a lot of first responders at Springbrook. And I tell you, December is a difficult month. And we need to be praying for them because they see everybody at their worst. Think about it. When was the last time you called the local police department and said, hey, just want to call and tell you you're doing a good job? <laughs> they are on the front lines of this broken world that we're facing and that we live in. And you know what? From a ministry perspective, we're on the front lines of that as well. Because people run to the darkness. The world has fallen and broken. The darkness claws at us, and it's a spiritual battle. It's a physical battle that our first responders have to deal with, and it's a spiritual battle that we have to deal with. It's both physical and spiritual. And it's a battle. It's a war out there. I don't know it's a jungle. Does anybody else know it's a jungle out there besides me? It's a jungle. Praise God for who we are in Christ. As we move towards Christmas and we celebrate this baby in the manger, we know that we have that security because of who we are in Christ, because he is God, because he is the creator, because he is in control. And if you are experiencing darkness and you are experiencing suffering and you're going through something in your life now trying to figure out what to do about it, call out to Jesus. He's the creator. He created you. He created me. He created you. He, he understands there's a plan there. Our, our goal is to get in line with what his plan is. So, so call out to him. I'm surprised how many people don't think to call out to him. Prayer is usually the last thing we think of. Something happens, well, I've got to fix it myself. You know, pray. God wants to know what's on your heart. You, prayer is, is not a mystery. I mean, I grew up, knowing, I knew two prayers when I was a kid. It's the same one that we all said at dinner time. And it's the same one that's the Our Father. So I had another one in there. We're not going to talk about that one. 
I had three prayers I knew I prayed. Prayers are talking to God like I'm talking to you or like you talk to your friends or a spouse. We cry out to God. He wants to hear from us. He is our creator and he is, he is sovereign and he wants a relationship with us. And if you're feeling broken and you're feeling weary, Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says this. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound good? I need rest. Especially as we move through all the things that we're going through, as we move through you know, the holidays, as much fun as they are, can also be a drain. So I just want to encourage you, as we move towards Christmas, to spend time to put Christ in it. There's a little bumper sticker. I don't keep Christ in Christmas. I don't know. I'm, I'm not into bumper stickers. I'm afraid to put something on the back of my car because I want to be a good example when I'm driving and I don't want to be a bad example. It's like, oh, there's another Christian. Cut me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always wave. I always wave. <laughs> I have my blinker on. Hey, you don't know what it's like in India, buddy. <laughs> it's kind of a free-for-all out there. But, you know, we need to keep Christ central in the holiday. The light will always overcome the darkness because he's Jesus, because he's God, because he's the creator. And number three, because he is the source of life. Jesus is the source of our very lives. Verse four says this, in him was life and the life was the light of men. It's in Christ that we find life, not stagnant growth, not Oh, um, I'm not sure what I'm doing. In Christ, there is life. It's vibrant. It's living. It's active. The creator of the world lives in us through his spirit and gives us life. What does life look like? Life gives us energy. It gives us power. It gives us strength. Those that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll Mount up with wings like eagles. Doesn't that sound great? Jesus gives us life. He gives us power. He gives us strength. He gives us purpose. And he gives us motion. You know, we have been created with a plan and a purpose. Every one of us has a spiritual gift. And that's a great thing. It's like a job description. We know exactly what we're supposed to be doing as a part of the body of Christ. Because of his spirit in us. And so life is, it's power, it's purpose, it's energy. and, and, And it grows and it expands. You know, I've got four kids. I've had the pleasure of watching them all grow up, and they're, they're this big, and then they're this big, and then this big, and they, and they grow, and you celebrate growth. We can celebrate growth. That's something we celebrate. And then they grow, and they leave your house, and you're going, oh, they grew up too fast. But growth is a good thing. They grow on. They become independent, and growth is healthy. There's movement. And where there's life, there is movement. We don't just make a faith commitment one day and then say, hey, good, I'm going to heaven and then go out and do our own business. I mean, if we're going to grow spiritually, there's growth. It looks like something. It's, it's vibrant. It's in God's word. It studies. It prays. It, it serves. It encourages. It shares. Life is something to celebrate and it reproduces itself. Life reproduces itself. That tree grows, it comes an apple, a little thing falls off, and there's seeds in the middle, and it grows again. When there's a life, there's reproduction. And so when we're excited about who we are in Christ, when we're sharing our faith with others, we want to see other people come to faith in Christ. When you walk out these doors this morning, you need to know that the majority of the people out there don't have what you have. Did you know that? In, in my neighborhood, in our community, the majority of people don't celebrate 
who Jesus Christ is. The majority don't. We are the light. That's the dark world out there. And with Christ in us, we are children of the light. We are children of God. And we shine that light in our community so that others can know what we have. Life reproduces itself. In him was life, and the life of light was with men. It's in us. It's vibrant. It's growing. It's energy. It's purpose. It's motion. It expands, and it celebrates. And that's one of the things that I find so exciting about ministry. And one of the things that I love about this church, we don't just file in on Sunday morning and say, oh, that was great, and then walk out. We're engaged in reaching our community. We want to penetrate our community for Christ. We want to help people to grow in their faith. We want their lives to make a difference for God. And we want them to experience the reality of what it means to walk in the light. We live our lives out in relationship to who we are in Christ. And we really, and typically we we live our lives out in a relationship based on what's going on around us. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're, time is important to us. And so we're always wondering what time it is. And in the last two years, do I need to tell anybody how difficult the last two years has been? And so we're living right now today in light of the last two years. I mean, that's, that's all people talk about. I can, I, can say the, I can say that word once a day and then I cut it off. So if somebody comes to me and says, hey, can you talk about this for a moment? I say, nope, sorry, I've already talked about it once today. I've limited it myself. I refuse to let that be a thing that, 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 that draws all of my attention. I'm more concerned about what are we doing to reach our community for Christ? Who we are, what does God have for us today? And so, so that, but, we're, but we're constrained by time. And right now, our time, our time today is all based on what the last two years has been like. A couple of years before that, it was all based on what happened on 9-11. After 9-11 happened, the World Trade Center came down. Oh, remember, remember, remember. Now, I don't know what remember is. I mean, we've gone past the anniversary and now that's behind us. And so we're constrained by time. And we're typically, just because we're human, because of the way we think, it's always about us and what happened to us in the last week or the last two years or the last 10 years. But I want to take you back a little bit. I want to take you back further to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God has a plan from the beginning. These things are not happening outside of his purview. God is very much in control of his creation. And, and, and Adam and Eve blew it for us all, sent it into the, gall, into the garden, and we live in a fallen and broken world, and it is a mess. But God is sovereign, and God is in control. And that darkness, that brokenness that we live in cannot overcome the light. And so that's my prayer, that you would be encouraged this morning, that because of who you are in Christ, you can stand firm against those things that work against you. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ, then you're trying to do it on your own strength. And I tell you, you're going to get worn out. I tried to do that for the first 33 years of my life. It did not work. I tried to do it on my own strength and on my own. And finally, I got to a place of brokenness. I said, okay, God, I give up. Don't wait that long. 33 years I did that by myself. Why? You know, I listened to people that made faith commitments when they were kids. I was like, oh, I wish somebody told me about that when I was a kid. It could have saved me a lot of heartache. I didn't know I couldn't do it on my own. You know, we try to do things on our own strength, but it is only through Christ working in us that we can accomplish all that God has for us. You know, God has a plan for all of creation. God has a plan for you and for me. God is sovereign. He is God. He is our creator, and he is the source of life. And all of these things, all of these things have been written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. All of these things have been written. John 20, 31. All of these have been written. 
Everything in here has been written so that you might come to believe Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. And we have this wonderful gift of the Scripture that informs our minds and changes our hearts and gives us the security that we need to live out the plan that God has for us. They're written so that you may believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in Him. By believing, you may have life in His name. You know, this world is broken and messed up. But do you believe Have you placed your faith in Christ? Are you trusting Him? Are you experiencing uh, the new life that God promises us? Have you embraced your brokenness? Have you embraced your sin? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God? Do you believe that He paid the debt for your sin on the cross? That He was resurrected when He comes back? He's going to not just save you from this brokenness, but you're going to spend eternity with Him in heaven forever. Do you believe that? These words have been written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that you might experience life in his name. Are you experiencing life in his name? You know, Christ's death might not require us to give up our physical lives, but it does require an active choice on a routine basis to surrender our rights to be right, to surrender our rights to live independently and to choose to live in his will and not ours. Submitting ourselves to him as our Lord and submitting ourselves to scripture. Life happens when we submit ourselves to Christ as God, as our creator, and our source of life. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and destroy. He came so that we can have life and have it abundantly. Are you experiencing the abundant life in Christ that you've been created to experience. You know, as we move through uh, this series and as we move into next year, I am excited about the opportunity we have to help others and to encourage one another to live out this abundant life. You can't live it out on your own. You need to be in biblical community with others. You need to study God's word. You need to submit yourself to its authority you need to, there, there's things that we have to choose to do if we're going to live this abundant life that God has called us to live. The light will always overcome the darkness because it is God, because it is our creator, and that's our source of life. The question is, is how do we respond? You know, have you committed your life to Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? It begins there. We can't talk about Christmas without talking about who Jesus is, and we can't talk about that by understanding, without understanding who he is. And, and so have you committed your life to Christ? If you, have, if you have not made a faith commitment, if you're not clearing your mind that you've made a faith commitment, man, that's, that's an important decision because you are missing out on the light, and you're going to be blown here and there by various teachings, and, and, you, and you're a victim. You could, you could have, you're going to fall into the darkness. If Christ is in you, the Spirit of Christ is out, if he's in you, then you're good to go. Why would you not want that? And so if you're not clear in your mind, hey, I've made a faith commitment, I do understand that, then if you're not clear about that, we want to help you make that decision. A person makes a faith commitment. I made a commitment to my wife 36 years ago to get married. We exchanged rings. Baptism is the first step of obedience. When somebody makes a faith commitment, we always encourage them, hey, your first step of obedience is to get baptized. And so if you've never had an opportunity to 
you know, write out your faith story or to make a faith commitment. We want to help you with that first step. I don't want you to miss out on the great news about what Christmas is all about. It begins by understanding how to have a relationship with Christ. And if you have, are you connected to biblical community? Do you have other people that are praying for you, that are encouraging you, that you're studying together? And, and we need to be in biblical community. You can't live this life out by yourself. You need others in your life. And you need to embrace God's purpose for you. And in, in, in terms of being a light in our community, building up the body of Christ, being a husband and a father, a wife and a mother, a son and a daughter, whatever role God's giving you, you know, letting him you know, work his purposes out in your life is an important step. I'm going to submit myself to God's will and what he has for me. And have you made others a priority? You know, we have the light in us so that others can come to believe and know what we believe. We've been given the good news, and we have the responsibility to share that with others. And not just a responsibility, a privilege, really. Because when I'm excited about what I have, it's a privilege for me to be able to share. I don't walk up and say, say, I'm sorry, I have to tell you about Christ. It's not an obligation. I'm excited (laughs) what Christ has done in my life. I'm excited about what Christ is doing in this body of Christ. I share Christ with other people and I invite them to Springbrook because I'm genuinely excited about what God's doing. And it's a privilege to be able to be a part of what God's plan and purposes is. So wherever you find yourselves today, I want to encourage you that as we move through this series, as we move through Advent, as we prepare for what God has for us next year, that you would be able to experience the fullness of light and life that is ours because of who we are in Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us today. And I just thank you for the opportunity we've had to come together this morning to, to celebrate communion together. Uh, God, as we move through this Advent season, as we move towards that Christmas day, uh, God, I pray that you would give us all a sense of your presence in our life. God, I pray that you would strengthen us. Uh, God, I know that there's, uh, this is typically a time where there's, uh, people are alone, maybe they're depressed. There's, you know, there's just there's so much that happens uh, during this month, I pray that, that that darkness would not overcome the light and that we can be agents of change for you. And God, I pray that you would continue to go before us. I pray that you continue to strengthen this ministry. We look forward to all that you have for us. God, help us to finish this year strong. We look forward to next year. Uh, God, we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, we'd love to invite you one more time to stand in body or in spirit as you are able as we respond to the word we have received from the Lord this morning. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt
Romans 8, Paul writes that the sufferings of this present time are not worth even comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So as you wait on the Lord this Advent season, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, comforting you in your afflictions and walking with you through the darkest days toward the glory of the light that is coming. Going out in faith to love and serve the Lord. Have a blessed week in him.